welcome to this very special episode of Don't Stop Repealing, your weekly pro-repeal podcast running for the duration of the Irish abortion and maternity care referendum campaign. So uh, not really weekly this time, it's bonus! Bonus time, I'm Una Mullally. And I'm Andrea Horan. Drum roll, please! I wish I could do sound effects. On the pod today, it's the Taoiseach Leah Varadkar. For serious, can you cope? We sat down with the leader of our very own country in his office, which is very Oval Office-like, can we just say, to talk about the referendum. And as our pal Jonathan Van Ness would say... Can you believe? Can you believe, though, Andrea? Like, I'd like to say that I can, but to be honest, I can't. Ten weeks ago, living my tropical dreams in the nail bar, and here we are interviewing the Taoiseach. There you go. That's what Don't Stop Repealing is all about. Go us, I think. Go us. Go the people. Go the world. A journalistic (laughs) coup like no other. But before we get to our sit-down interview with the Taoiseach, some campaign news. Or, as we are now renaming the segment, talk to Una Mullally and fuck off. <laughs> the No Campaign continued their masterclass in communications this week when No Campaigner John Waters stormed out of an interview with Eamon Dunphy in this very studio when Dunphy was asking very reasonable questions on his podcast, The Stand. We have 40 minutes to do an interview yeah. to do about this. So can we talk about the issue or else I'm going home? I'm fed up with this. Listen, I don't go. You told me this will be a fair interview. It will be. It sure. not a fair interview. I'm You're on the same. Bollocks. You're a fucking bollocks. Can fuck off here now. You're a, you told me yesterday no. that you wanted to support. You wanted to talk. I am again. I'm a no voter. Talk to him, Fuck off. Like, I'm not being bad, but it kind of gets better every time. <laughs> the now iconic phrase, talk to Una Mullally and fuck off, which I will be releasing as a series of t-shirts, bumper stickers, temporary tattoos and billboards, was down to the fact that I was on another episode of Dunphy's podcast representing my point of view as a yes voter, was just another ordinary day and chatting to someone on a podcast. The interviews were always going to be separate one-on-one pieces and I spoke to Eamon on the phone when he asked me to do the podcast and he talked about how he was maybe leaning no, would be sceptical of a yes vote, maybe a bit undecided. And I think his position on that is genuine. So we sat down and had a conversation about that. And you can listen to that chat on the stand wherever you get your podcasts. Also this week, Katie Asko was on Sean O'Rourke. Maria Steen was on Pat Kenny. Both of them didn't do so well. The cracks are showing. The masks are slipping. And you know that means the no side is going to throw every single shady thing at this campaign in the next week. Oh, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy riot. Leah was also on Sean O'Rourke. Can I call him Leah now? I'm calling him Leah now. Leah was on Sean O'Rourke this morning and he <laughs> did very well, I thought. Obviously not as good as what he did with us. Which you will be hearing very soon. Moving on to the poll this week in the Irish Times. 44% of voters now say they will vote in favour of the repeal of the Eighth Amendment. The no vote is at 32%, an increase of four points, while 17% are undecided, which is a decrease of three points. 7% said they will not vote or refuse to say, cop on. That's where we are. Uh, and I quote from the Irish Times, once the undecideds and those who will not vote are excluded, the yes side leads by 58% to 42%, with just over a week to go before polling day. Well, now it's a week because it's Friday as we're recording this. Well, this shows a decline of 10 points in the yes lead since late uh, late since late April. Those in favour of repeal still command a 16 point lead as the campaign enters its final decisive stage. This is tight, guys. You've got a weekend and you've got the next week. You have to do everything you can. OK, pedal to the metal. And finally, not content with storming out of studios, being very dramatic, or making fools of themselves on the radio, no campaigners erected a giant fucking no sign on the Ben Bulba Mountain in Sligo. Um, and it's the 
sign that launched a thousand memes. Memes? We're, it is memes, isn't it? Yeah. There's always a debate about that. And one which the National Park and Wildlife Service called for the removal of, saying the installation of alien materials such as this onto a special area of conservation is insensitive to its conservation status and incompatible with the habitat. But I think the key thing that I took out of this whole no thing was the interview on Ocean FM where the Mickey, I think his name was, was like, and there was loads of women there as well that making the tea and sandwiches as if we're only good for tea, sandwiches, hospitality of food and drink and wombs. You know, when you say that, there's a certain piece of music that comes to mind. Okay, let's get down to business. We went to the Taoiseach's office on Friday morning after tea in the Marion, which was very pleasant. <laughs> I miss Buswell, so. I know, but we've moved up. Uh, to have an in-depth conversation with the Taoiseach, Liev Radker. Here's what happened. So, Taoiseach, thank you very much for agreeing to sit down with us on Don't Stop Repealing. Thank you. Delighted to be here. We're going to go straight in now kissing. What led you to reach in your official pro-choice view and why did it take you so long to come out with it? Yeah, that, that, that's a fair question. I suppose, um, like a lot of people, um, my view of this issue, my opinion on this issue uh, evolved over time. Um, uh, probably saw it black and white when I was younger and um, I know this probably is the reverse for a lot of people who become more conservatives as they, as they get older I probably become a little bit more social liberal as I get older and that's just to do with personal experience and the experiences of people around you and understanding life a bit better um, but also my time uh, as Minister for Health had a big bearing on it too um, because even though I wasn't involved in making any decisions about individual cases uh, I was aware of um, cases like um, like Miss Y you know the young asylum seeker who uh, was raped and was prevented leaving the country um, uh, when she um, uh, when she um, d- decided that that she wanted to end her pregnancy, and then also cases like uh, like Miss P, for example, uh, who um, um, who was who was clinically dead on life support, um, and life support was continued against the wishes of her family, while doctors read the constitution rather than their medical books yeah. and deliberated on whether or not. Um, uh, they could turn off life support because um, the baby she was carrying the fetus was still was still alive and that eventually got decided in the courts I remember well I think it was Christmas Eve Yeah. and uh, those kind of things make you think yes, it's a very clear the more empathy people have the more they move to a pro-choice position but do you think it would have been better to come out stronger from the outset so there would have been less confusion maybe about your stance or um, I'm, I'm not sure it would really matter I don't really think this is about me um, I'm a teacher of the country so I have a certain role to play but um, this isn't about my journey uh, it's about people would look to you there um, they do uh, and I'm conscious as well that among the people who would look to me would be would be members of my own party uh, and um, and uh, TDs and senators of my own party uh, and my own party supporters so um Part of leadership is bringing people with you, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to make sure that we had a proper deliberative process. That we had, we allowed the citizens' assembly to do its work. Um, that we allowed the all-party committee, uh, which was chaired by Finnegan Senator and had a number of Finnegan members on it, uh, to do its work. And um, it was only after that work was done that I really wanted to um, 
let people know about yeah. the conclusions that I'd come to as well, which was very much in line with that. As I, I think if I'd announced where I was heading earlier, I might have been accused of trying to um, influence or, or put pressure on, on members of the all-party committee, which I, which I didn't do. Um, having studied the facts, they came to a similar view as I did, uh, very much independently. And we did get to the point where when the vote was held in the Dáil, um, on whether we should have a referendum or not, uh, notwithstanding the fact that I allowed a free vote, uh, all but two members of my uh, Dáil party voted in favour of having the referendum. And okay. I'm not sure that would have been the case if perhaps I'd been um, uh, out, out sooner banging the drum louder. I'm not sure if that makes any sense. But, um, yeah, no, that's a fair yeah. point. Um, speaking of being kind of out banging that drum, I was in I was canvassing in Dublin West on Monday night um, in Castlenock on your home turf and while the overall tallies from the canvassing team were mostly yes um, it so happened that the doors that I was hitting on were mostly no you guys here must have um, a fair summation of how things are going across the country right now if you're seeing tallies come in or data being crunched and all that kind of stuff how do you think it's actually going uh, a few days out uh, I, 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 I'm sort of around political campaigns long enough not to read too much into tally returns or not tally returns into CAMS returns because it's very subjective um, uh, And um, but certainly when I've been out uh, around Dublin West and around other parts of Dublin uh, I am very confident that uh, the referendum will certainly pass by a relatively clear margin in Dublin the rest of the country that's less clear um, and I'm going to be in Tullamore at the weekend campaigning quite keen to get out of Dublin and to get around the country as well um, we could see something similar to the divorce referendum pattern, which is um, a narrow yes nationally uh, as a result of a strong yes in 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 the urban areas, essentially. Um, in Dublin, the commuter belt, uh, Cork and Limerick, um, possibly Waterford and Galway too. Uh, however, I thought that's how the marriage equality referendum was going to go. And as it turned out, um, there was a big yes vote in, in a lot of rural counties as well. So um, decisions are made by people who turn up. Turnout really matters. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but in the 1983 referendum, only 55% of people voted. So even back then, nearly half the population decided they didn't want to be part of this decision. Um, so that's why turnout's going to be really important. And for people who are voting, yes, it's really important that you do get out to vote and that you encourage people to get out to vote and um, ask your friends who are voting yes all day <laughs> if, if they've voted, send those text messages, do all those things. Uh, we know, for example, in the Brexit referendum in the UK that there was a, quite a low turnout from younger voters who would almost certainly have voted to remain. And it really does matter. Turnout really matters. Yeah, we've been talking about that a lot. Yeah, speaking of turnout and then abstention as well there's a lot of talk about young men not voting for whatever reason be it that it doesn't affect them or they want it, it primarily affects women and they want to leave it to them what do you say to them I, I, look at everyone has to make a decision for themselves but um you know i i wouldn't like young men or older men to look at it in that way um if you believe as, as i do that this is principally a private and personal matter a uh, decision that women need to make uh, for themselves, uh, certainly in the early period of pregnancy, um, that requires a public response. It requires that people allow that to be possible, and that requires uh, a yes vote uh, on, on on Friday. Um, and also, again, even from my own background, touching again on the marriage equality referendum, I, I wouldn't have liked um, people who are straight to say that this wasn't their problem because it doesn't affect them. Uh, you actually need the support of other citizens of your country, of society, to make changes happen, and this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity to do this. Mm. 
One of the things that has kind of concerned me in a bigger picture kind of way over the last couple of months is the tone of, of campaigning, um, and particularly related to some of the tactics and the, the no side. We know about the ad ban that happened um, across Google and then from uh, advertisers outside of Ireland for Facebook because of nefarious things that were going on there. Um, or the misleading posters, that booklet that kind of looked like something coming from the referendum commission but wasn't. How concerned are you about that kind of stuff, not just for this vote, but for future elections and referenda? And is government going to do something about that, considering that there maybe was an opportunity to legislate on political campaigning online that wasn't taken before this? Yeah, it is something I'm concerned about. Um, we've seen the impact of foreign interference in elections, for example, um, in other countries. So uh, we have set up a working group um, led by my department to examine that. Um, it's it's not it's easy to identify the problem, maybe not as easy to identify the solution. I know a lot of people are uh, very annoyed and understandably about some of the you know misleading online advertising uh, information that's dressed up to look uh, objective, but actually it's uh, it's um, an ad from from the no side, generally speaking. Um, but these are actually old problems. They might be new technologies, but they're old problems. We've had decades of misleading posters. We've had decades of people. Um, putting across false information on in radio and TV interviews. We've had uh, probably centuries of bogus leaflets and leaflets dressed up uh, to look like they come from somebody else. Um, I remember um, a certain party delivering leaflets wearing balaclavas in my constituency at one stage. So they, these, aren't, these aren't new problems. Um, the technology may be new, but uh, the, the problem isn't new. Um, and it's difficult to know what the solution to it is. And I would always be very cautious about... Uh, restrictions on free free speech and democracy, and I wouldn't rush headlong into having um, uh, some sort of censorship uh, system around what people can and cannot um, use in political campaigns. So we have to bear that in mind too. So it is a real problem. Um, I'm not sure we have the solutions just yet. Mm. On a personal level, what kind of conversations are you having with your friends about this? If you're meeting up with pals and talking about the referendum and what kind of concerns do people that you know um, or what kind of concerns are they raising about it? I mean on the doors is stuff like the 12 week thing is coming up a lot like what kind of thing are you hearing from your pals? Yeah well, well to be honest um, um, most have kind of made up their minds um, the vast majority are, are voting yes some are voting no and uh, we probably haven't discussed it an awful lot you know I, one thing that I've picked up maybe I'm maybe wrong with this but I do get a sense of this um, knocking on doors anyway and talking to my, my peer group uh, is that a lot of people have kind of made up their mind already and maybe aren't going to be influenced all that much uh, by the campaigns in either direction and there's a lot of silence there you know as I've talked to a lot of people on the doors they decided didn't really want to tell me often want to talk about other issues you know I've picked up a lot of queries about trees that need to be cut and <laughs> all the usual things that politicians uh, are asked to deal with um, I, I hope that means that there is a silent yes there, that mm. um, that people have decided that the time has come to make this change. Um, but we'll only, only go know that next week. Yeah, I kind of think you're right about the silent yes, because one thing that I've noticed canvassing the last few months is that no voters are very resolute. You know, I think that that base is there and it will absolutely come out and vote. But I think that there are lots of people who are contemplating these things very personally and once you actually think deeply about these things a yes vote even if you are pro-life or whatever does seem to be the rational and compassionate thing to do 
Um, well, I, I agree. Um, and one thing that I, I say to a lot of people is that in voting, yes, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're that you're endorsing abortion, that yeah. you think it's a good thing, or that anyone thinks it's a good thing, uh, or that you would necessarily choose to end a pregnancy if you were in that circumstance. Voting yes really is just a recognition of something different. It's a recognition that abortion is already a reality in Ireland. The Eighth Amendment didn't work. Um, and it's um, a recognition and an understanding uh, that people have the right to make their own decisions. And while you may have a particular viewpoint or a particular uh, ethical or moral view, um, it doesn't necessarily follow that that needs to be uh, imposed on other people under threat of criminal sanction, which is exactly what happens now. Mm. Ireland doesn't have a great history with its women um, and the way it treats them. And uh, women are now speaking up, speaking out and fighting back. And now that it's affecting government ratings, um, there was quite a damning poll in the Irish Times today about the cervical cancer scandal. Do you think it's that the government will now start to prioritise women's rights and health and policy making? Yeah, well, you, you know, government ratings go, go up and down. Um, and uh, I think the best way to make sure that you've ratings that are going up rather than going down is just doing the job well and uh, dealing with the challenges that you're faced um, with. Obviously, the cervical cancer controversy has been an enormously difficult one to deal with. Um, it's one that came out of the blue. We didn't know it was coming. Um, if it's Brexit or the budget or uh, a storm, uh, you know it's going to happen. You can plan for it. This wasn't one of those ones, and we've had to deal with it uh, on a day-by-day basis, getting new information off at the same time as everyone else. And I think that's perhaps part of the reason why the response isn't what maybe people would have expected of us. Um, so that's that's not an excuse, but it is perhaps um, a reason. Uh, but the focus now, obviously, is on a few things. First of all, putting in place the care package uh, for the women and families affected. Uh, secondly, getting to the truth through the Scali inquiry, trying to um, figure out why open disclosure failed. Uh, also, um, the patient safety aspect, having all the old smears reviewed to see um, if there are other cases where it was negligence as opposed to um, human error. Uh, to see if there are many other cases that are similar to Vicky Phelan's where uh, an anomaly or an abnormality should not have been missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also to try and restore confidence in the screening programme by bringing in um, the newer, more accurate tests, being one of the first countries in the world to do that. Uh, and um, also examining issues around the labs just to assure ourselves that everything is up to scratch. And that's, that work is very much underway now. won't be done quickly, unfortunately, but we'll do it as quickly as we can. In terms of then ratings as well, how do, I know when I'm working, I want I want the just the validation, I suppose, of people telling me I'm doing a good job. In a political role, you never get that because you're always pissing someone off. How do you cope with that? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fair point. Well, you, well, you certainly don't. You certainly ne- never try to please everyone because it is impossible. You know, there's yeah. always people who are going to be against you no, no matter what you do, um, and there's a certain number before you no matter what you do. So you try, you try and focus on the job. Like you're right to point out that the, the satisfaction ratings today in, in the Irish Times um, poll are, are show that we're down. Um, the ones in the last one were the best since before the recession. So you know, the things 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 can change and. Rather than obsessing on any particular individual opinion poll, I'm not pretending I ignore them. I do absolutely does look, it look at them. Does it emotionally? Uh, ah, yeah, it does. Of course, yeah. it does. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. When you when you see, you know, when when you see your figures are yeah. are, are good, um, gives you a little boost and gives you more confidence to do things that you want to do. Um, when they're negative, uh, invariably, um, yeah, it it, it, it does, does affect you and makes you think twice and makes you wonder if you can if you can do better. Um, sometimes that means it's not a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes when 
you're flying high in the poles, you can be a bit hubris, hubristic and overconfident and maybe make mistakes. And every now and then it's not a bad thing to um, have, reflection. have reflection. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the Roman emperors had a guy called um, an Ariga who was like a, a slave that followed the Roman emperor around in his chariot and told him every three minutes that he's mortal. And uh, I think it's not a, not a bad thing in, in any walk of life to have people remind you every now and then. Save a few of them. Which... Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to pay them. <laughs> There's loads of them. What happens if the referendum doesn't pass? Um, if it doesn't pass, that's, that's a decision um, that's been made. Uh, the Irish people will have spoken and um, the government and the Iraqis will have to accept that. What happens to those women who are suffering because of the Eighth Amendment? Where do we go with them? The, the position is, is that the, the law continues as, as it is. Um, people have talked a lot about some of those really hard cases, women who are pregnant as a result of rape, um, women who are pregnant and are only children themselves, uh, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, uh, couples who get that devastating diagnosis that um, the baby in, in the womb that they're carrying uh, isn't going to be able to survive for long. Uh, and the Eighth Amendment ties the hands of doctors, ties the hands of women, ties the hands of politicians and means that we can do nothing for them in this country. And uh, a no vote means that won't change. And that would be devastating in my view. So get out and vote. Finally. <laughs> I don't get up till 10 o'clock most mornings. Yeah. I get loads <laughs> of shit done. Do you think it's finally time for the phrase people who get up early in the morning to get in the sea? No, no, it's um, it's 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 it's, it's 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 a metaphor for people who who work hard and um, you know accept personal responsibility, and that also applies to people who work late and, and, and work up, and get up late. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it, it's it's a metaphor. So I've expanded since then, <laughs> then then to include people who who work late and uh, all See the rest of it. <laughs> Thanks, a million. Thanks Thank you so much. What did you make of that, Andrea? Well, obviously I came out of it absolutely adoring him. I don't know how anyone can be a political um, person and not love everyone because when the minute empathy comes out of people, how can you not like them? Yeah, I thought he was um, quite serious about, about the issues. And I think that, um, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording about that, you know, final week before a vote and that feeling of nervousness and exam time and that kind of stuff. It was definitely palpable in there. Yeah, and I think it is um, palpable in... in everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, you know. Yeah. Um, but we just have to really hold tight. Um, Leo was also drinking of a little mi- out of a Little Miss Sweetie mug. Which That's because he is a sweetie. <laughs> but he told us it wasn't his, so we believe you. Thank you. But I do want to say to um, a big thanks to the Taoiseach for um, sitting down with us. Um, you know, me and Andrea started this podcast 10 weeks ago. Uh, Sorry, I'm wiping a tear away now. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Not on a whim because we had um, really solid plans for it, but we had no budget and we had Andrew helping us here and Susie helping us as well. And the fact that we've interviewed, you know, Mary Lou MacDonald and Micheál Martin and sat down with Taoiseach Leo Radker and I think we've provided you guys with a good summation and an intelligent and fun analysis of the campaign. Um, and we've just got one final countdown podcast left. So I just want to thank Andrea for being deadly and Andrew and Susie as well. And all of the people who've come in to talk to us and really, really, especially all of you guys for listening. Um, and obviously we want to thank you for having the vision. <laughs> I'm not laughing sorry blurred vision I think most of the time but um, I guess you know I feel really stressed and emotional and anxious today because it is 
that week before and all I can think about, you know, I woke up this morning and my girlfriend Sarah said this time um, next week we're going to have voted. Um, so because I always like voting first thing and then just chilling out for the rest of the day or trying to at least. Uh, and just thinking about this moment in time that we are here now, thinking about 35 years ago and how our peers um, and the women and men whom we stand on the shoulders of were feeling a week away from the Eighth Amendment referendum. And I really hope that we can do all of those people justice. And it's we owe it to our country and we owe it to all of those campaigners to do that. So just leave it all out there, guys. You know what to do. This is our time. This podcast is created and hosted by Andre Horn and Una Malali. Fuck off. Produced by Andrew Mang and the Castaway Media and researched by Susie Bennett. Thank you to Sarah Fox for the design, Elaine May for the beautiful tune and you for listening. You can find all our links as always on our website, don'tstoprepealing.com. And if you're enjoying listening, obviously let us know as always. You can subscribe to us everywhere you get your podcasts and don't forget to rate and review us and tune in for the last one next week the final countdown podcast will be out next week and finally don't stop repealing hold on to that yes vote just for one more week yeah.